Jamie Nye, Drew Romanda with you here on the Green Zone on this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, we are asking you, what was it that had you fall in love uh, with your favorite team at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five here on the Green Zone? Britton Gray is uh, joining us for football. For what was it about the Dallas Cowboys that had Britton Gray just fall in love with a team that? Have they won a Super Bowl <laughs> since you were born? Yes, yes, they have won one. But you were like five. You were like two, two, two years, years old. old. You weren't even watching that game. No. I know it. No. So what was it that it was like? You know what? I want to link myself to a team that will break my heart over and over and over again. It's kind of a, a mixture of two things. One of them was that just growing up at a TV in my room, and the Dallas Cowboys always got the play right. You always watch the Dallas Cowboy games, and. They were good near the end, like the end of the 90s and early 2000s. They were still kind of had the triplets. Uh, and Emmett Smith is my favorite all time player. And then I'm also from that generation where I grew up playing video games. And of course, the Dallas Cowboys were very good in video games and Emmett Smith. So you, you kind of just latch onto it there. And here I am. Yeah. Heartbroken every year now. It was always, it was always players to me. Like Bo Jackson was. The guy, Tecmo Bowl, number 34, Los Angeles. So it was like that got me onto the Raiders, and the silver and black was just, I don't know, it was cool. And then with the Vancouver Canucks, they traded away Gretzky with the Oilers. So I was a free agent, and as I said earlier, uh, someone from my hometown of Lumsden, Jason Fitzsimmons, yes, someone texted in, Fitzy, with a bunch of exclamation marks. Yes, uh, uh, Jason Fitzsimmons got drafted in the early 90s by the Canucks. Uh, recently, well, not recently, darn, six years ago, was a Stanley <laughs> Cup champion as a pro scout with the Washington Capitals, so he's still involved. Good for him. Yep. That's fantastic. Still involved in the NHL, but um, that was it. He was uh, on the Canucks and trying out for the Canucks. Uh, pretty successful, e, uh, what was it at the time? Not ECHL, or maybe it was ECHL yeah, at the time. Yeah, ECHL, yeah. Uh, with the uh, South Carolina Stingrays. He coached mm-hmm. them. <laughs> Jared Bedner was his assistant coach uh-huh. down in the uh-huh. ECHL uh, with the uh, Stingrays, a couple of Sasky guys. and uh, That's pretty good. Early 90s, it was Linden and it was Burray and McLean, and they went to the Stanley Cup final in 94, and I've been heartbroken ever since, but I can't quit <laughs> them. <laughs> it's people. It's you, you cheer for people more than anything. At, at least I do. And, and it's, it's the individuals you want to be, see be successful besides the team I work for. But other than that, it's, it's, it's players. It's in every sport. I just like the way that guy plays. I like the way that guy um, shoots the ball. I like the way that guy throws a pass. It's, it's whatever strikes you. Exactly. Drew. Like for me, like the Sanders, it was Jason Spezza. I really liked the way Jason Spezza played. Uh, I'm a Celtics fan. Kevin Garnett was my all-time favorite player. Didn't really cheer for him with Minnesota, but when he went to Boston, because they, they go out and win, right? All of a sudden, you get a little yep. more amped up about it. So, yeah, you're right. It's the players that you kind of just, for whatever reason, you look at and just feel some sort of connection to how they're playing and just enjoy watching them play. Okay, uh, let's get to it. With our writer reporter, Britton Gray. Jeremy O'Day spoke about his 24 hours of CFL uh, free agency and the one thing, we talked a little bit uh, with this with A.J. Olette when he was in, 
was winning free agency is all well and good, but you know if you if you feel like you did good in free agency, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be uh, have a great year. But um, we certainly think that we added some good players, and and uh, you know it's really about the players just putting it on their their backs and and working extremely hard for the next couple months, and and then again um, working on the chemistry once we get to to training camp and 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 starting to learn each other and bond with each other and. And, and and grow that, that close relationship that you need in order to be successful. This is a theme, isn't it, Britain? We're hearing everybody say it. Chemistry, connection, culture within the locker room with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Well, every successful uh, team has that. Winnipeg, we talk about their culture a lot. Obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs culture, They when, them winning the Super Bowl, there's a reason why these teams find sustained successes because they have that culture and they don't make a lot of changes because they don't have to because they're successful. Uh, Jeremy O'Day said he doesn't want to be active in free agency. If you're active in free agency, that means something went horribly wrong for your football team. and You have to find a way to fix it quick because it's sports. You have to be ready to go right away next season, turn it around. So we're going to see how this builds. We've already seen it with Corey Mace and the guys he's brought in. It started a little bit last season with bringing in someone like Trevor Harris and uh, Sean Bain Jr. The culture, they're fixing it. Whether it all comes together or not, that's kind of what we have to see throughout this upcoming season. You see what happens, though, is you can have you can have the chemistry, which their chemistry was better last year than it was the year before. And the chemistry you could see was better. But that culture takes a total buy-in from everybody. But you can't have, as we talked to AJ about, you can't have one without the other. And then comes your team identity and everything else that's set by the coach and how you play and, and things that everybody can do. But when you win, it makes that pull of the culture, the the importance of the culture within the room, within your organization, even stronger. It's because, okay, I see what you're saying now. I believe you. I'm in. It's, it, it takes a couple wins before you're, okay, I'm all in. Yeah. And and as Corey May said, it might not be year one, right? He doesn't yeah. know. It's all it's up to the players. But one thing stood out when I'm hearing about the culture and the chemistry and all that stuff. Remember how late into the season – we heard the team like, uh, we're going to take them bowling. Remember that? And it yeah. was like yeah. week 15. Or six, it was, like, was their last bye week. Smoked? Yeah. The last bye week they did it. But didn't like, they get smoked the game before? Something like that. Well, they yeah. got smoked the, a lot. In the, <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. back yeah. half of the season, they got yeah. lost yeah. a lot. And it felt like you haven't been doing this all. Like the players weren't like hanging out all season. It was just like, now you're going to yeah. take them bowling? Hey, by the way, guys, coaches, Management, you shouldn't be taking them anywhere. You guys should not be be involved in this. That's got to be a team thing. It's got to be the guys. Hey, let's go. Let's but go you, do this. Let's as coaches that. and managers, you can tap a few leaders and say, "Yeah, say, we, hey, this is good. This is the way get, you do it. Out. Yeah, let's build let's it." But yeah. it's up to you guys to. Oh, we're not going to organize it. It needs right. to come from the leaders. But it's important. Yeah. We'd like to see it happen. Yeah. Well, well yeah. last last year, Jeremy O'Day had to speak to the team to 
try and get them to figure the act out. And when you have the general manager needing to come down and give a motivational speech while you're still in the process of maybe qualifying for playoffs, it's all gone awry at that point in terms of culture. So wow. the, the culture <laughs> is being established right here. Uh, you heard AJ Olette talking about, oh, yeah, we're going to start setting up group chats and get together in Ohio maybe this offseason and uh, do some workouts and things like, like that. that. It, it's starting already. He and Jermarcus Hardrick are texting back and forth as of offensive lineman. He and Trevor Harris, as he said, live an hour apart. Uh, so you'll see a little bit of a little bit different uh, culture assessment. Are they done though? That's a bit, are they done? Are there going to be more signings here, Britton Gray, for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in day two, three, four of CFL free agency? Are you ever done trying to improve your team? No, No, you're not. Trade deadline. Yeah, there's always work going on in terms of, because we're going to hear about like uh, signings of these guys from college who don't make the NFL once NFL draft's done, who comes down. So there's still going to be moves. In terms of a big move, someone that the CFL fans already already know, unlikely, Jeremy O'Day said, but hey, you never know. You never know whose price tag comes down just enough where you're like, yeah, that's the price we'll take you at because it fits our salary cap and we actually view you, uh, value you more than that, but that's where you're at right now in terms of the business of sport. Uh, Rashid Bailey, uh, the bomber said, will not be back in Winnipeg. They're looking, but unless he signs somewhere today, I haven't seen it. There's another culture guy who one thing that he people talk about him is his, he is willing to run block. And he's willing to get downfield and other than just being the big receiver, big play guy going downfield, he'll do some of the hard stuff uh, for a receiving core. So I I have Rasheed Bailey near the top of my want list. And that Bombers culture, right? Mm-hmm. Marcus Hardrick has it. Winning cultures can translate if you bring in enough of them. And they brought in a lot of winners this offseason. I don't agree with that. Why? I think you have to. I, I think you have to build your culture. It's great to have guys with experience that come in, but I don't think you can import culture because of that we talked about it. it takes chemistry first, and then and then it takes a it takes a long time to build that that feeling up in the room that this is the way we prepare, this is the way we act on and off the field, this is the way we attack, this is the way we do what we do uh, in order before you even set the field. I don't. It's good to have those guys to come in who have experienced that before. It can help you build that up. But I think if you're trying, if you're starting from zero, it's pretty hard to import culture. That is football at four with the Britton Gray. He'll get back at it. Uh, he has you covered cjme.com and ckom.com with all the coverage from today's news conferences. And of course, if anything breaks at Green Zone SK on uh, Twitter or X, or you can check out the Jamie and I, the Sports Guy Facebook page. Coming up next. We will update you from celebration to tragedy today in Kansas City as shots rang out at Union Station in Kansas City where the Chiefs were holding their Super Bowl parade and has left one person dead. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie Niger, Remenda with you on the Green Zone. Uh, Producer Scott, I request, can you stop playing Creed, please? Just, we need to stop. It brings me back terrible memories from the Christmas party while Britton Gray was trying to sing Creed. It wasn't that song, but yeah, just no thanks uh, to Creed. Uh, we're asking people why they fell in love with their uh, football team, hockey team, whatever team you adore. This is a new one, Drew Amanda. Okay. 
I have never heard a story like this before in my life when it comes to why someone fell in love with their team. But here it is. Uh, from anonymous, I'll just say Steve and Regina. <clears throat> and, it, and, it, and they even name names on this one. Oh, okay. It was during high school art class. And the cutest girl in the school silk screened a Dolphins logo on her T-shirt. As a 16-year-old, it was done for me right then and there. Been a fan <laughs> of the Dolphins ever since. And they usually suck. And then it says, damn you, Teresa. <laughs> so I take it you and Teresa did not live happily ever after. Do we know that? I don't know. Oh, it's there Joel. Joel just texted in going, okay. no, not, and so it's... Okay, thanks, Joel. Not anonymous, Steve anymore. <laughs> Joel, are you and Joel, or are you and uh, Teresa? Thing? Teresa together? Um, are you guys high school sweethearts? Were, or were you high school sweethearts? Um, but yeah, let's get as much information as we can here on this one. On this uh, Glenn person. in uh, North Regina here on the Green Zone. Um, okay, uh, I I know you're a warrior fan because I still owe you lunches. Um, okay, what is, what was it about the Moose Jaw Warriors, Glenn? Well, actually, I, I used to live in in Regina, and I had moved to Moose Jaw, and I was kind of reluctant on, on cheering for them, and that, that was back when your buddy Fitzy was playing with them, too. But uh, anyway, I sort of came around because they kind of reminded me of the Rough Riders. They're a lunch bucket team. They played in a crappy old rink, you know, and everyone just loved them. And so, yeah, they I, I got to a point and started cheering for them. I was hooked. So. See, when Fitzy was there, I was cheering for the Warriors. The Crush Can, my mom would take me to the Crush Can. Of course, we knew a bit of the family, too, uh, being from the same town. She was, you know, Don Fitzsimmons and everybody around. Like, we knew them. So you cheer for the Warriors. The Crush Can, intimate atmosphere, of course, uh, with the Moose Jaw Warriors. And the Warriors have taken a few lunches from me uh, with the uh, Regina Pats. I think I still owe Glenn two of those lunches. Jamie Niger, Amanda with you here in the Green Zone on this Valentine's Wednesday afternoon, asking you why you uh, fell in love with your team. Kelly says, love Quebec Nordiques until they moved to Colorado. I refused to cheer for an American team, so I slid my allegiances over to Edmonton for no special reason. <laughs> you refused to cheer for an American team? Explain that one to me, Kelly, please. There's a bunch of Canadians on American teams, man. Well, you think it, like There's Joe like Sackick played for the Swift Current Broncos? Yeah, uh, he was on. He was on that team. Nathan McKinnon is one of the greatest players in the world right now. Kale McCarr, Canadian. I guess, I guess at the time that the, the Gary Bettman, that. the Gary Bettman moving teams to the United States ticked off a lot. I, okay, I can understand. It ticked off a lot of Canadian fans that there are moving teams south. Winnipeg goes to Phoenix. Um, how many people followed that? Like, there's a lot of Jet fans who are Jet fans again, even though they're the Atlanta Thrashers, but they don't want to admit yeah, it's it. Yeah, different Jets. Yeah, they're um, a different Jets fan. Those Jets are Jets. <laughs> but how many people followed them to Arizona? You don't see a lot. You see a, a lot. lot of Jet fans, not a lot of <laughs> Coyote fans. Less so now than ever before, even well, yeah, in Phoenix. Six in a row they've lost.
I was living in Camrose as a young lad. Uh, my dad was a truck driver, and his trailer happened to have an Oilers logo on it. I believe for the longest time the team was in the trailer. <laughs> very good. Very, very good. So the Oilers are forever in my blood, sweat, and tears. That's excellent. <laughs> he, thought, he thought his dad was just transporting the guys around. Moving the team. Hey, moving the team around. Then they he was all like, get... why don't I ever get to meet Gretzky? <laughs> he's he's Because he's in, in the, the back. <laughs> Traveling around like the mom in Home funny. Alone with that John Candy funny. and his band in the back of the truck. Uh, but time now to drop the gloves. Now, here's the long and the short of it. I hate hockey and I don't like kids. It's time to drop the gloves. We're losing! They're burying us alive! But hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Okay, Drew Amendo, let's do that hockey. I need an explanation. I need an explanation mm-hmm. today. Before we get into Morgan Riley and Linus Allmark and the suspensions in NHL Department yeah. of Player Safety, I need an explanation from my good friend, Drew Ramenda. Mm-hmm. Why are the Canucks working out Phil Kessel? Because <laughs> Rick Tockett has a relationship with him. Rick Tockett's seen Phil Kessel at his best. And it's not costing them anything. So if you could get a guy who, let's say, could improve your power play by 3%, 4%, 5%, because the guy can still rifle the puck, then you give it a shot. It's it's leaving no stone unturned. It's no guarantee he's going to play, but it's not costing them a man. It's not costing them a roster spot. It's not costing them any money right now to work him out and see if he's, see if he's still got it. And it goes back to the relationship that Rick has with him from the Pittsburgh days. And Jimmy Rutherford as well. And Jimmy. Yeah. 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 That's why. That's okay. Why. My second question. Yeah. Really though? Do the Canucks need Phil Kessel? Like, is he, I don't see this as a, wow, that's really going to put him over the top is a player who didn't, what he played two games for the Vegas golden Knights in the Stanley cup playoffs last year, because yeah, he couldn't keep up. Didn't like him. Bruce didn't like him at all. Um, it is no, they don't probably not. But having depth is everywhere matters. I don't think it's going to turn out to be anything because it's not like, say, Phil Kessel is Patrick Marlowe as far as fitness goes. Patrick Marlowe was a machine and still is as far as keeping himself in shape. You could see somebody taking a flyer on Patrick, although he's now two years retired, because he's still amazing, great shape. And I see him skate every day with with the Barracuda and coach. And you could okay, okay, I can maybe understand. Maybe he's got a little magic left if he's right with the right team. But Phil, as we know, has never been a big fitness guy. He's never been a guy who's who's worked at his um, job through fitness and and professionalism as far as being ready to go. Yeah. He looks he looks like a, the players used to look back in the day. They come to camp to get in shape. So he's never been that hard of a worker and his game is not about hard work. Where now again nowadays the game is about hard work. It's about what you're doing away from the puck. If you've got guys coasting away from the puck, you don't have guys who are all in and the players get ticked off about it. 
I'm not sure that he would be a guy that could help them win. But again, it's the relationships. Relationships get you everywhere. We'll see. Um, evidently, is it Jeff Patterson uh, from? Well, he he covers the Canucks for some of the podcasters now who yeah. had shows on TSN after you know Bell Media turf those uh, radio stations. Now they're podcasters. Sakaris and Price, uh, yeah. Dolly Wall, um, Jason and, Gregor, and, yeah, yeah, those guys. So he he yeah. covers off the Canucks for some of those guys. Says he. Uh, was sent video of Phil Kessel's workout today, and he said, let's just yeah. say there's a bit of a struggle between some of the drills for Phil Kessel, yeah. which I don't think is a surprise for anybody, as you no. mentioned. Uh, on the, the pace the pace of the game now is incredible. It really is. It just keeps getting faster and faster and faster. This guy, or skater, can get up and down the ice in a hurry. Okay, uh, let's get into it. The NHL Department of Player Safety. Um, their consistency is all about inconsistency at the... Uh, D-O-P-S. Um, so, Drew, you agree with the five-game suspension for Morgan Riley, sure. correct? Yep. I thought it was going to be maybe six, but yeah, five games is five games. It's, it's, the right, it's the right suspension, right number. The NHLPA with Morgan Riley is appealing that suspension. Yep. Do you think there's any chance um, Mr. Bettman uh, will decrease the amount of games for Morgan Riley? If he does, he'll do it in a way like he did with David Perron, with with um, um, Weidman. Was it Weidman who hit Don Anderson? They'll serve the time, but they'll get some money back. So he'll he'll reduce it after five games. He'll reduce it to three, so he gets a, a couple hundred thousand back or a hundred thousand back. It. I don't think that. That's the one thing that you're hearing rumors about, and I was reading some stuff yesterday about the Department of Player Safety and Mr. Bettman when he does reduce those those suspensions, and he's done it before. There is some pushback and hurt feelings in the DOPS. They're not happy about it. I think it sets a bad. He's already done it, so setting a bad example. It's he he's already set the bad example by reducing what the what his department is is saying and doing the Weidman one was I was infuriated by that he took it from 20 to or 19 to 10 but by that time he had already served 16 games and it's it's irritating when he does that. I think if I was an employee for him, that I was, it was my, I was part of that. Yes. You hired me operation. to do a job. And this you is hired what me I to do the job. And this is what I do. And I, I gave you my reasons and we went through the video and, I, and the guys that work for me, we were all in, we came to this number and then you're reducing it. Why? Why do you keep doing that? That undermines our credibility, which is already being hammered. How from much everybody. credibility does the department of player safety have right Not now? Good. Really? Well, not much, not much, because it is. It does seem so random. It does. There doesn't seem to be consistency. But I know the. I know some of the guys that work for him, like Ray Whitney, is a hell of a smart guy. Was a hell of a player. Was as honest as the day is long, and he's one of the most credible guys I've ever known in my life. So when I see guys like Shane Doan or Ray Whitney and George Peros, who's a very bright guy, Ivy League graduate. And a smart man. I've, t- I've been able to talk to George a couple of times that when he was a player, I, 
I have confidence that these guys are doing what they think is the best. But I think it's a real inexact science. It's like drafting. You roll the dice and hope you hit the right number. So last night, the Boston Bruins taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. And Leaf fans, oh my goodness, they are hot today. Uh, That Linus Allmark of the Boston Bruins only got $5,000 fine. Uh, The max fine when after, who was it, Martin? Mikey Mikey Azamont. Azamont. He runs the goalie. He gives him a little extra to do on his way through. And... Allmark comes over, he's on his backside, and he comes over, and he hits him in the back of the head with his stick. Glances off the side of the head, yep. How is that not a suspension with all the stick infraction suspensions we've seen? (laughs) Like, a lot of Leaf fans say this is shows they were too hard on Morgan Riley. I'm like, no, 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 no. This shows they were too light on Linus Allmark, not too heavy on Morgan Riley. Yes, 100%. And and um, I I could have lived like I don't think to me the clubbing over the head with the stick and <laughs> I'd be old fashioned here. It was that was a five minute major in game misconduct for me and a five thousand dollar fine. I don't have a problem with what the, the Department of Player Safety did, but that it does breed the questions and the distrust in that department of the inconsistencies. And you guys have something against this team, that team, the other team. But they don't. They don't. They they just they're just making judgments you disagree with. Very inconsistent uh, judgments. Uh, yeah. That uh, Sheldon Keefe, as I was talking at this time yesterday, um, thinks it's unfair uh, that they're being tr- mistreated by the Department of Player Safety because of all the attention they get, and our uh, penalties get looked at way closer <laughs> than anybody else's penalties. And of course, Welcome I I. To uh, thanks to um, Dave Alter in uh, Toronto for pointing out this is the same coach who you remember in the playoffs was saying the Tampa Bay Lightning were manipulating the officials, and yep. also the same coach who was whining that they don't get as many five on threes as other teams in the National Hockey League, as if you know they're hard done by. Mm-hmm. When the pressure is on, and the pressure is on Sheldon Keefe right now, they won last night, which they really needed to do. But when the pressure is on. And you start looking at peripheral opponents, and we talk about it all the time, you're not focusing on the right things. You're making excuses. Don't make excuses. Make changes. Do not mistake a, a coach's, what he says after a game or after, you know, after a suspension comes down as being the gospel. He is a frustrated coach because his team should be winning more games than they are, and they're not, and he's feeling the heat. It was a big win last night without Morgan Riley, but also without John Tavares and Mitch Marner, who got sick and could not play last night. But they were able to beat the Blues anyways. Our game of the night coming up next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie Nye, Drew Romendo with you here on the Green Zone. Uh, game of the night, uh, Drew Romendo. Mm-hmm. You want to pitch us on the Winnipeg Jets and the San Jose Sharks should be the game of the night? Or? I think we are 1-1 uh, one one in the season series so far. 
played them very well all year. The Winnipeg Jets still out with Brendan Dillon and uh, Sean Monaghan is in their lineup. Be very interesting. Sharks have been off for two weeks. David Quinn, the only coach in the history of the National Hockey League, who during an all-star break got his hips replaced and will be on the bench the very next game. Yeah, I know. I know. By the way, <laughs> showed us the scar today, or part of it. Oh, my. Looking for where that hip they, replacement uh, surgery there, Jeremy? Uh, where they cut? Where they cut? Yeah. Jamie. I don't want Jamie, 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 don't want to know. (laughs) It was, it was revealing and, uh, and holy mackerel. The fact that this man is walking is amazing to me. Um, Jamie, Jamie. Thoughts uh, go out to uh, Murray McCormick, the uh, former leader, the regional leader. How many hip surgeries did he have? Do you have two, uh, three, uh, Daryl, was it? Damn. I'm never getting anything replaced. I'm just going to live with the pain, period. End of discussion. Uh, okay. Uh, I think that was a pretty good sell oh, job. And plus, it's the, only, when it, it's the only Canadian team. Unless you want to watch Pascal Siakam, Spicy Peas return to Toronto tonight with the Indiana Pacers uh, against the Toronto Raptors. Oh, Scott is against going with the Pacers and wow. the Raptors for uh, the right. game of the night. Uh, so he's a, he's kind of a Jets guy. So he likes the Jets and the Sharks as our game of the night, apparently.